World Rabies Day with Dr. Nomfundom Nisi, Vice President of the South African Veterinary Council. Before the emergence of the newest animal-borne disease, COVID-19, the world was in the last mile of eliminating one of the oldest animal-borne diseases, rabies. For around 4,000 years, humanity has been contending with the infectious disease which has the highest case fertility of any conventional infectious agent at close to 100%. The aim, of course, of World Rabies Day is to raise awareness about the impact of human and animal rabies, how easy it is to prevent it, and how to eliminate the main global sources. Rabies is a zoonotic disease, a disease which people can get from animals, and it is caused by a virus which affects the brain and causes ultimately death. The virus is shed in saliva and is spread by the bite of an infected animal. It is, of course, very important to have your pets vaccinated against rabies and to seek medical help immediately if you are bitten by such an animal. If there's a story you have about rabies, we certainly would love to hear it. But let's have a conversation now with Dr. Nomfundom Nisi, who is the Vice President of the South African Veterinary Council. Good evening, Doc. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening, Asongezo, and good, good evening to the listeners. I'm so proud of your introduction. I think I'm going to rob, rob you into our team. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to take the credit, but if I did, then the producers would be very unhappy with me. They did that very well. <laughs> so rob them in, but just make sure they are available Mondays to Thursdays between 8 and 10 in the evening. Let's talk about World Rabies Day. I mean, as I was reading this, it came to light to me that it's not clearly just dogs who could spread rabies, as I'd always thought it was, but it is an animal-borne disease, not a dog-borne disease. Clear some myths in relation to rabies, please, that might abound. Certainly, Songhezo, um, that that's one of the myths that uh, community that dog, I mean, rabies is only transmitted by dogs. So mammals, you know, the the, the, the animals, the beings that that bear their animals, their their young ones. That includes human beings, uh, the dogs, the cattle, you know, the the ones that um, uh, their young ones suckle, maybe you can call it like that, are susceptible to to, 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 to rabies. So the ones that will exclude from uh, being susceptible to rabies will will be the bad type, you know, the ones that lay eggs. So as long as you, you are a mammal, you are susceptible to rabies. And human beings can get rabies from any animal that is infected. And we, we, we always talk of dogs because dogs are the most, uh, are the common animals that the community is exposed to. But it's all the pets and uh, then the, the wild animals. Should you be out there in the, in the wild, you know, the, the yellow mongoose in South Africa, the, the, the most common ones that transmit rabies is the jackals, the yellow mongoose, and the, 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 the bat-eared, um, uh, you know, the bats. So it's, it's, an, it's a number of animals, and including livestock. You know, you can, you can get um, a, a cattle being um, infected with rabies and also transmitting the, the, the virus, not just being infected. Earlier, I referred to the fact that rabies is a zoonotic disease. Do you just want to unpack in layperson's terms, terminology, what rabies is and what is the 
content of the disease that is found in saliva and how it penetrates into the system of a human being. Just take through us, please, the biological understanding of what rabies is so that that standard five child who is listening might get a better understanding of it. Okay, so a zoonotic disease is, the, is, is this disease that is transmissible between animals and humans. It, it, it can be either way, but mo- most commonly it's from animals to humans. That's, what, um, that's where rabies falls under. Now, rabies is a virus. It's a virus. It, it, it's caused by a, vi- a, a virus. And this virus, it comes from infected animals. Now, please don't ask me before infected animals, where does it come from? I was asked this earlier today, whether it was created or not. <laughs> so so it's, it, it's found in infected animals. And then those, now when, when, it, when it gets to the infected animal, the, it affects the central nervous system, you know, the nerves, the brain. Mm-hmm. Now, when, once it has affected that, 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 that central nervous system, it then gets excreted in the saliva of that animal. Now, the animal then changes behavior and then it, it shows the signs. And one of the signs, we'll get to that, but one of the signs um, that comes with, uh, with it being infected is, 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 is hypersalivation. So it salivates a lot. And that saliva is full of viruses. Now, the, the common... Um, a pathway that uh, 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 the virus uses to get into humans is that the, the, the animal that is rabid, that has the virus in its saliva, will bite the human being or, any, uh, or another animal. The common thing mm. that happens with, uh, with dogs is that when it's got the rabies, when it's got the virus, it will bite other dogs and then the other dogs get it and then, and then they bite other dogs. So that's how it gets to multiply in the communities. So it will bite then the human being, the person. Now, when it bites, regardless of how little um, that, that, that wound is, even if you say, ah, oh, it's just a puncture, you know, it's just a little uh, puncture wound, that virus is able to penetrate the skin and get in if it's because it is remember there's a high viral load on that in that saliva so the virus then through the saliva gets into the system and then depending on how close that that that, that puncture and uh, that cut on, on the skin yes, um, yes, yes is to the to the to the nerves then it it moves and then it gets to the nerves and then once it's in the nest, then it, it locates itself, and then yeah, so it locates itself on the on, on the nervous system. Now, once on the nervous system, we're now talking the human being. So once in the nervous system, uh, I want the uh, the listeners to understand this: that by the time we're talking that the virus is in the nervous system, that is bye bye. There is no more turning back. Uh, so now you'll then start showing signs. So the human being, the person will now start showing signs of being rabid, and and and, and the, the signs will also include, you know, the hypersalivation, and also some paralysis. And by that time, it is it is over. So 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 that is what happens. So you you get eaten by a rabid animal, then the saliva of that uh, rabid animal. With the virus, it gets into the into the system, into into under your skin, 
then into the blood system, into the nervous system, and that's how the 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 the, the, the infection progresses. For those who don't know, we're talking about World Rabies Day, part of the Health on Monday show. The guest this evening is Dr. Nompundo Nisi, Vice President of the South African Veterinary Council. Documented the fact that once the virus itself uh, coming from the bite of a rabid animal, a rabid animal as opposed to a rabbit animal, for those who might not get that very critical distinction, what is the time lag between the bite? and what you refer to as the bye-bye period. In other words, before infiltrating the central nervous system, but after the bite. How much time are we talking about here? Because that is the critical time for one to seek urgent medical care. Correct. It it, it, it depends on how close it, uh, the, 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 the bite uh, is to the, to the nervous system. So, but we... we, 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 we we talk of 24 hours. However, having said 24 hours, we highly recommend that please seek medical attention before 12 hours because the sooner you get medical attention, the better. And by the way, you, 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 you will not know. You, you can see the, the puncture wound. You can Even if it's an open wound, you can see it, but you, you will not know how close it is to the nervous system, to the nerves, because we've got nerves, nerves all over the body. So as soon as possible. But for, for them... For, for, the, for the medical facilities to be able to assist with the post-exposure prophylaxis, 24 hours is the, is the, is the maximum time. So as soon as possible, we, and we advise that before you go there, immediately you are beaten. Just get, uh, go, go to the tap, soap and water, running water, and flush that wound. Flush it out for 15 minutes. In that way, you are reducing the viral uh, the, the, the viral load, so that you know it does. You you, you just reducing the, the yeah the virus in short, and and uh, after that 15 minutes, then you rush for medical attention. But please, within 24 hours maximum. World Rabies Day. A conversation continues after the break with Dr. Nomvundom Nisi, Vice President of the South African Veterinary Council. After that, we're going to focus the conversation not so much as to rabies themselves or the disease itself, but what we as pet owners can do, should do and must not do in relation to better handling this disease. We certainly cannot rely on animals to look after our own health. It really is a conversation that we should have among ourselves after the break. What we should do as pet owners in relation to assisting the fight against rabies after the break. SAFM leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. We're back. We're talking about rabies. And if you are a pet owner, you should be especially listening to it. The behavior that you expect from those who own dogs and cats and rabbits, whatever, that could potentially be carrying the virus that is rabies. What have you to say to them, Dr. Mnisi? Bearing in mind that pet lovers at times even love their pets more than they do human beings. <laughs> Correct. So we should treat them then like human beings. As long as when you, in simple terms, when you get a baby, 
uh, they tell you at the facility that bring him or her at, the, at six weeks for vaccinations. And that's exactly what happens. A responsible pet owner, you make sure that when you get your puppies at the early stage, at six weeks, you take them to a, a to the vet, be it a state or a private vet, you get them immunized, and then after after the six weeks, there will be a month booster, and then you get a clinic card. You know, you get a, 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 a an immunization card for your for, for for your pets. You don't just say they were vaccinated without proof. There should be proof, especially when we're talking rabies, because when we are. Um, Assessing whether the person, the, the patient, must get the post-exposure prophylaxis or not, it's all, you know the, the vaccination history of that dog is part of that assessment. So they should be proof. So you, you, the, your pets should be vaccinated, and you should take responsibility of also be controlling the dog population. You can't just allow your pets to breed anyhow with any dog because that could, that affects. Uh, you know the, the 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 control of the rabies. You know how how quick uh, the the dog population changes in a in in a short period. You vaccinate 100 dogs today. You come back in three months later. There's 150 dogs now that were not vaccinated when you did the vaccination. So controlling the dog population vaccinating your dogs and also encouraging others to vaccinate. Not don't remember you should not only be concerned about yours because most of the rabies cases that we we get they come from stray dogs. No, these are dogs that you don't know who they, who they belong to. So when you say hmm. my dogs are vaccinated and you do not worry about the, the the neighbor or whoever's dog, you've got it wrong because when you go to the park there, it will not be your dog that bites you. It will be the stray dog that you do not know what uh, I mean, where it comes from. And so, let's so talk about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I mean, I, I want to talk about that issue of stray dogs, which leads to leads me to my next question: the role of the SPCA in ensuring that there isn't that kind of problem of having stray animals that could potentially be the sort of danger to society. That's on the one hand. I mean, a stray dog is ultimately a dog that has escaped some ownership, and how owners. You mentioned parks. Don't worry, Jimmy won't bite. I mean, that can't possibly then be the attitude a pet owner should have in a public space. Songezo does not at all have a relationship with Jimmy, and I might even be scared of dogs. So I don't want Jimmy coming all over me and licking me because Jimmy is trying to be nice to me. I don't want a nice dog. I just want to enjoy the park. How then can we engage each other at a human level to make sure, first of all, we don't have problems of Jimmy's licking my legs at a park and the work of the SPCA to to make sure there aren't these stray dogs. Certainly, you've put it so well, Songhezo. The responsibility of a pet owner, when you're in public, make sure that you have, your pet is restrained. You know, besides um, uh, uh, Jimmy licking my, my, uh, me and so on, there, there may be other dogs there. Do you know how, how, how Jimmy is going to behave when they see other dogs? Because now it's like, you know, you're getting into my territory and then they start behave, behaving wild and then, you know, the war starts and so on. So we, we, we don't just, you know, treat them. Remember, they, 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 they don't hear, you know. As much as we talk to them, they don't hear the language that you speak. You might say, no, stop it now. And then they decide, he decides that he's not going to stop. And more especially when it's with a stranger. So we keep them restrained, control them in a way that, 
the next person will be comfortable. Remember, a public space is for everybody. It's not just for you. So we make the space comfortable. And and also to 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 remember that if you if you leave your pet you know uncontrolled and not restrained in a in a public space it can just for some reason you know disappear and decide not to come and that's how stray animals you know stray dogs you know start so keep your animals with you i get um in the neighborhood where i stay now and again i get we get um notices like my dog disappeared my dog has not been here my dog has not been what it's, 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 it, it comes from that, you know, just to let, letting your, your dog to be free. Of course, it can be free where you're closed, but when you're outside, the moment is outside your premises, make sure that he is restrained. Final question. I'm walking in public. I meet a stray animal. I want to save myself. I want to save the animal, and I want to save the community at large. Outside, of course, engaging the services of the SPCA, how should I engage that stray animal? Because animals, of course, you wouldn't be advocating for their being ill-treated, but there must surely be a protocol between a stranger, stranger animal and person that we should be able to have, almost like CPR and first aid. How do we engage then stray animals for their safety, for the community safety, for my safety? First thing is you need to look at the behavior, assess the behavior of, the, of that stray animal. As much as you want to, to protect the animal and yourself, you, you, you will not just you go not and... Just you, know, go and you, know, oh. you, you can't just go, uh, just pick a, a dog that is moving around and you can see that it is wild. Secondly, there's something wrong with it. So check the behavior, how, how it is. If it's an... an, an very important don't just pick any other animal and let it lick you because you do not know where it is coming from so what you do is you report to the nearest uh, um, to, to the nearest animal health facility be it the spca be it the veterinary facilities then you report that uh, that you've seen something like this if it's an animal if it's the, the, the behavior of that animal it is in a way that you can handle it do so, but do it with caution because that's where problems start, especially with rabies. And by the way, rabies is the disease which kills people, but it is not the only problem. You might pick an animal on the road and then you bring it into your household. And in that way, you are transmitting, you, you, you will be spreading diseases because you do not know, you don't know the vaccination status of that animal. So once you have picked it, if it's in a situation that um, it's in a condition that you, you are able to pick it and it is not harmful to you, immediately, immediately take it to the vet. And when it gets to the vet, it is treated as never been immunized before because we do not know what is happening, uh, what, what is its history. And then so we give it the immunizations that, that it requires. And from there, well, if, it's, if you decide you want to keep it or you want to hand it over to the to the SPCA and or the other um, the, the welfare organizations, then you will do mm. that, you know. But you don't just take it home without having taken it first for assessment and attention by the vet. Those who have ears, 
here. Thank you so much for your comments, Dr. Lumpundo Nisi, Vice President of the South African Veterinary Council, honoring today, 28th of September 2020, being World Rabies Day. A couple of SMSs that have come through. Hi, Songhezo. I'm glad that people love and care for animals, but I... This is not for me. Pets are costly, messy, and just too much. I especially don't like dogs, any kind of dog, even if you ask whether the four-legged one or the two-legged one. Oh, oh. Dog licenses used once were used to be required. Sorry, let me start again. Dog licenses were once required of the owner to present at VAT vaccination certificates. Now, dog licenses aren't even required. Peter Maritzburg. Shocking loss of revenue and increase in irresponsible dog ownership. Thank you for those comments then, dear listeners. We have to bow out with a song because friends of this show celebrate their birthdays today. Selo Khalane. Tani Evita Besedonot, otherwise known as Peter Dirk Ace, who will be in studio tomorrow taking over on Tuesday. And of course, a dear friend of the show and a dear friend of one of our producers in particular, Ms. Naledi Molewa, who you will oftentimes see during the lunchtime news on a competitor broadcast station. Happy birthday to you all from their viewpoint team. This is to you.